Good morning, St. Paul's. Today our scriptures reading is from Acts 2, verse 1 through 21, page 1692 in in your pew Bibles. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Our second reading is from John 7, verse 37 through 39, page 1660 in your pew Bibles. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think we should all... Thank Mary, and this is the Sunday in the church calendar year where everyone sits there and goes, oh, thank God it's not me up there reading. <laughs> Phrygia, Pamphylia, 
Mesopotamia, Cappadocia, good job, Mary, on all those, all those difficult places. Well, friends, let's pray, pray this morning. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Move in us, move among us with wind and fire, with mystery, with possibility. Lord, we want what only you can give. Peace beyond understanding, mercy, grace, love, boldness, courage, compassion. Lord, your spirit is available to each one of us. May we move in your spirit today. May we be refreshed and renewed. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you have ever received a gift that you had no idea what to do with? Some of you have? Every Christmas, my grandfather would, I was telling this to my wife the other day, it was just a strange memory I had. My grandfather would give my grandmother, now, it would help if you kind of knew who they were and their personalities. My grandfather was, you know, he, I knew he loved him, but he never showed it, you know, that sort of a personality, and uh, he was quiet, but when he spoke, everybody listened, and he could preach, and he could rewire an entire house. He was just incredible. Um, but he was not a gift giver. So he would just go to the local discount store and pull, you know, like those little weird kind of, sorry if you collect these, I didn't mean to call them weird, but they are a little weird. Like those, you know, like a coyote howling at the moon with like a, an Indian nearby, maybe a wizard, like with a staff casting a spell, just a strange, he'd buy her one of those. My grandmother wasn't, she opened up, what do I do with this, George, she would say. What is this? And he's like, don't worry, I saved the receipt. Which is good, because it was going back a couple days later. One of my birthdays, I remember, um, had a birthday party for me. And I think it was an uncle who got me this box. And I, I opened it up, and, okay, can I admit something? Anybody else find it a little odd to open gifts right in front of the giver? Because then if you don't know what it is... How do you say, what in the world is this thing that you just got me? It's awkward, isn't it? So my uncle gave me this. I opened it up, and I kind of looked at it. I looked at it, and I thought, well, maybe, do I eat this? What, what is this? It was these little things. Some were, some were kind of fuzzy. Some were furry. They had hooks in them. It was a box of fishing lures. But I had no idea what it is. And I said, what do I do with this? And he said, hold on, just one moment. And he went out and he brought in a fishing pole. And then all of a sudden it clicked. I knew what to do with the things in the box. I had, had an idea. Friends, today we celebrate a gift that was given to the church on its day of birth. The birthday, the launch of the church in the power of the Holy Spirit. That gracious gift of God comes on the church and I bet some of the people who were gathered there, well, clearly if you read the text, some of them had no idea what this gift was all about. Maybe they're drunk. That's why they're acting weird. Some people had no idea what this gift was all about. And I dare say there are some of us in the church today who have no idea about this gift that we too have been given. The Holy Spirit. 
Theologians have called the Holy Spirit the breath of love between the Father and the Son. And the Holy Spirit draws us up into that life and that love that the Father and the Son share and empowers us to go out and live as his ambassadors and his witnesses in the world. As you listen to the story from Acts 2, which no doubt is familiar to most of you, the story that Mary read for us, the first day of Pentecost, this was one of the three highest and most holy days in all of the Jewish calendar. The Feast of Pentecost, the Festival of Weeks. And it marked the beginning of the harvest, when the first fruits or the buds started to come on to the vines or into the harvest. They would go and they would worship and praise God in Jerusalem in the temple. They would offer sacrifices. They would offer praise. And so all those people from around the known world at that time, all those places that I'm not going to try to repeat, have gathered together. They're from Asia. They're from Europe. They're from North Africa. And they've all come and they've gathered there at Jerusalem. And tongues of fire, fiery speech appears. People start to speak in other languages, but others around them recognize that language as their native tongue. Pentecost, friends, should remind us of another story in the Old Testament that is fundamental to the development of humanity. Does anybody remember the story? There's a tower that people build. Out of their own hubris and arrogance, believing that they can take upon themselves the prerogatives of God. And they build a tower, and what happens? Their language is confounded. They all speak in different languages. They can no longer work together. And so they scatter. They scatter. One of the names for the devil is Diablo. Do you know what Diablo means? The scatterer. The one who scatters. The human race is imbued with division unable to communicate and understand one another, and the devil laughs and has a field day. Because that's what he wants. That's what he wants even today for people who claim the name of Jesus. He wants them divided and scattered so that their witness is ineffective and useless in the world. But then the Holy Spirit comes. And where there once was division and misunderstanding and miscommunication, all of a sudden there's understanding and unity. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. People understand one another. It's the great undoing of Babel. As people understand and can communicate clearly. And Peter, the one who just a few weeks earlier, when asked if he knew Jesus, says, I don't even know the man. Peter stands up and gives one of the best sermons in all of Scripture says, they're not drunk. This is what the prophet Joel foretold hundreds of years ago would happen. And if you know anything about the history in the Old Testament of the people of Israel and of God, it is one where God is always faithful and the people are continuously rebellious. And the prophets over and again, not just Joel, but Ezekiel and Isaiah, talk about a day when God himself would step in to human history. 
and do for them what judges and kings and all the other rulers were unable to do. That he would come into the world and he would bring unity and love and connection where there had been scattering and disruption. Peter says, this is it. This is the moment. And it's not just for some people. Young men, old women, young women, old men. It's available for everyone. Jew and Gentile alike. There was no more fundamental division in the ancient world than Jew and Gentile or Jew and Greek. If you read all through the corpus of the Greek philosophers and Roman historians, do you know how they divided people? Jew and Gentile. Jew and Greek. Slave, free. Male, female. All those divisions, what does Paul say in Galatians chapter 3? Because of the Holy Spirit, what? There is now no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. All of those things that today might divide us, dare I step out on a limb and say Republican and Democrat, conservative and liberal. Oh my. Friends, one of the most distressing things to me as a pastor over the last seven years is that I can go on the internet and go on someone's social media and I know who they vote for long before I find out they're a Christian. That is not how it should be. When the Holy Spirit comes, all those other things, sure they're important, but they take their rightful place because of the Holy Spirit and His identity that he brings into our lives, everything else is secondary. We find that things maybe we thought mattered before don't matter as much. Things that we had used to divide us from other people and to say, oh, that's them, this is us. The tribalism that seems to seep so easily into the church, the Holy Spirit comes. And because of the Holy Spirit and the gracious gifts that he brings, the unity he brings to the body of Christ, all those other markers of identity are not primary. What is primary is this. You and I are filled with the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And Jesus said, because of the Holy Spirit, you're going to do even greater works than these. That is our identity. It's who God calls us and claims us to be, first and foremost above anything else. Because the Holy Spirit is living inside of each one who claims the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, friends, still moves among us today. I've seen the Holy Spirit where Bill said, we need to offer something here in our church for people who are dealing with grief. And now people come together and they find a community of support and love during the most difficult journeys in life. That's the Holy Spirit working. We find the Holy Spirit working where Janet leads the kids and teaches them music for decades. Raising kids up. And and I meet people here in our church who are grown and gone. You know what they remember? They remember Mrs. Post. That's the Holy Spirit working. 
The Holy Spirit working is when Doug and Sharon take their mission team and they go out and they help people who do not have the means to be able to help themselves. That's the Holy Spirit working. Friends, the Holy Spirit is working right now here in our church. I see it every week. I see people who have said, you know what? I'm going to reconcile with this person who hurt me. I hear people say, you know what? I, I can't reconcile, but I, I'm going to... I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going to let go of these chains of bitterness that have been tying me down for years. I hear people say, you know what? I want to lead a new ministry. I want to answer this call that God has on my life. Friends, those are things that we do not do in our own strength. Friends, if we try to do this in our own strength, you and I would retire on Tuesday. It's too difficult. Every day, friends, we're not dealing with temporal issues. We're dealing with matters of the soul. When you sit down with someone who's just lost a loved one, you realize that we've moved into another realm entirely. And it is only the Spirit of God who's going to be able to take us there and offer us any measure of comfort and peace. We find out when life gets difficult and we run into roadblocks in ministry, well, that never happens in church. When we run into roadblocks, you know what gives us the grace to persevere? God's Holy Spirit. When we look around and we're overwhelmed by the magnitude of the problems in the world around us, you know who gives us the courage and the boldness to do just what we can, just today, right where we are? The Holy Spirit. Friends, there's enough division in our world. There's enough dysfunction. There are people who speak ill of one another. We need, we need the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And that's not this incantation that we have to conjure up or that we have to pray for and hope maybe happens. No. The Holy Spirit resides with you right now. And if you pray, and if you take a step out of faith and you act, be surprised what the Holy Spirit will do. Giving you courage and boldness, just like Peter, to stand up in the face of many who may have considered him an adversary and to preach a powerful sermon that resulted in thousands of people coming to Jesus. Peter didn't do that in his own strength. No. Peter did that because of God's Spirit. The same Spirit that is here with us today, enabling us to do His work in the world. Not because of anything we've done, but because of the Holy Spirit. Friends, pray for it, but don't just pray there. Put hands and feet to your prayers. Get out, witness, love, pray, serve. The Holy Spirit will give you the courage and the boldness to be able to do it.